What's up, everybody? It's Bo here with another Mandalorian TV talk. We got the season three finale. And beyond that, I think we really got a finale to what has been a trilogy, if you will, of seasons of The Mandalorian. Now, that being said, I do believe they've got a season four coming for the show. I don't think like the the franchise, the, the brand, so to speak, is ending. But it really did feel like a good kind of conclusion. If you think about who Mando was at the beginning of the series and discovering Grogu and this journey that they've been on all the way up until you know, this conclusion of him fully adopting him as his son. So now we've got Din Grogu. And on top of that, finding like a little piece of space, a little place to have his family and to put his feet up. And, you know, I just, I thought it was a really, really kind of a, a nice, sweet ending that none of us ever saw coming to this story. And I'm really glad they chose to go this way because I know at some point around season two, it seemed as though they were setting him up to be the new like head of Mandalore. And I really never liked that idea. That wasn't really who Din was. Now, the argument could be that because, you know, kind of like Gladiator, because he doesn't want it, that why that's why it must be him. But the reality is, no, Mandalore actually needs a leader that is a leader. Like their entire culture is very much revolved around this concept of these kind of figureheads and kind of strength in words and strength in arms and strength in weapons and yada, yada, yada. And Din is very much that lone wolf. He is somebody who is not really trying to be that leader. Even with the people of Navarro, he doesn't even want to be, you know, they're like, hey, be our sheriff. He's like, I don't want to be your marshal. I'm, 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 I'm Din Djarin. I'm the Mandalorian. I'm out here. I'm not trying to be that. Nor does he want to be king. He doesn't want the Darksaber. He's the Jon Snow of wanting the Darksaber. Which, by the way, Darksaber gone. Uh, got that destroyed. I think this was a good move. In many respects, the Darksaber is one of the most epic, iconic weapons of modern Star Wars and has been ever since its introduction on the Clone Wars. The mythology, as it was expanded out in Rebels and then continued on here, has just been phenomenal. And it's been one of the best totems of this transition between anime animation and live action and really canonizing what we've seen in these cartoons before and bringing them to a whole nother level in live action. But the dark saber needs to be destroyed. And there's a good reason for that. And it's not just because, you know, house Vizsla is gone because it's not, we've got this young Vizsla kid. He's, he's still around, but I think, and I could be very wrong, but I think at one point we will see a new dark saber. And I think it's going to be much, much smaller. The reality is Din Grogu can't wield that thing that big. He's going to have to make his own Darksaber. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think that we're going to see Den Grogu at some point rocking some sort of mini Darksaber. Now, look, I've been wrong. I thought by the end of this season, we were going to see Grogu in like full-on Mandalorian armor. In fact, I actually thought that they were going to melt down IG-12 into what would become his first Mandalorian armor. Totally wrong on that. But at some point... I mean, Disney, I hear you, okay? I see the merchandising and whatnot. And and this is the thing. The reality is, Din Grogu can, like, he doesn't have to be like his dad. He could be he could be like his mama Bo. Like, he can take off his helmet from time to time. But I do think we need to see that little, little dude wearing little Mandalorian armor, okay? At some point, that's got to happen. Now, granted, it's not going to happen until he's able to take the vows, which means that y'all got to get his voice right. And just like the name, that's going to be a bit of a adjustment for us all. I've been wondering when, when he says the words, is he going to say, this is the way, or is he going to wait the way this is <laughs> the fight sequence throughout? Uh, absolutely incredible. I can see how in many respects this season, if you are not a fan of the clone wars, if you didn't watch that when it was on this season, maybe didn't resonate with you in the same way it did for me, but like it really resonated with me because it really marries what they've created in this Mandalorian television show with the lore and the legacy that was established in the Clone Wars, which back then was very much established by George Lucas himself. 
Trust me, we hated it back then. It was a whole tense time, man. Like Mandalorians as pacifist was kind of this thing that George Lucas was like pumping out at the time, mostly because he was so frustrated that this thing that he had created had created its own lore and legacy that he had no say in. And so it almost seemed a little vindictive of him to like reintroduce or at least introduce Mandalorian culture for the first time canonically as all these pacifists. And yet, at the same time, you had this tension between George Lucas and then Dave Filoni, who, of course, right now has, at least his is one of the hands on the keys to the kingdom, Dave Filoni, and, you know, he trained under George Lucas, and also these two kind of bumped up against each other because George was the creator, but Dave was the fan, and Dave understood fandom and what fans wanted from Star Wars, but he also understood that the importance of, regardless of what fans want from Star Wars, what George Lucas brings to the table is what Star Wars is. And somewhere between these two things is where Star Wars really flourishes. Dave Filoni's still of that mindset. We still see him here today. But back then, all that to say, in the Clone Wars, we see the evolution of the Mandalorians kind of introduced as pacifists because of this you know, dark history that's existed before. And we also see that the tensions around them with these terrorist organizations like Death Watch and so on, they're pushing the established leadership, Bo-Katan's sister, to return Mandalore to what Mandalore should be. There's this massive civil war. At one point, Darth Maul comes back into the scene and he ends up taking the Darksaber and he gets control of Mandalore. And we get this massive clash between these red and blue Mandalorians fighting in the skies. We literally got a live action version of that fight sequence and it was phenomenal. Now, don't get me wrong. In animation, you can go crazy. So it's obviously far more grander scale in the cartoon, but we don't get the moments like we got in this with like the armorer coming in and bashing a flying stormtrooper in midair with the hammer. We don't see Bo-Katan wielding the Darksaber in like these massive melee blaster fights in the sky. That was incredible. And it's one of these things where when I first watched this, I originally watched it on the, I've, I've, I've got a big TV, I got a small TV. I started watching it on the small TV just because I was I was really eager to watch it. That's what I had access to. Watched the episode, loved it. It was great. Then went back, rewatched the episode on the big screen. I was like, oh my gosh, I missed so much in this scene. Like if you, you, you should go back and rewatch that fight scene if, if you didn't pick out all of these amazing moments in the foreground, in the background that's happening. We see the death of Gideon in this as well, or at least theoretical. Granted, no body and he's in Beskar, but at the same time, eh. For all intents and purposes, it's the conclusion of what his arc has been and who his character is. Now, many speculated early on that we were going to see through Gideon the rise of Snoke because of all the cloning machinations and yada, yada, yada. Now, there's some behind the scenes rumors about how stories changed because of the popularity of the series and various characters on the series and also because of a lot of shows being canceled. For example, they were going to do that whole Rangers of the New Republic Uh, that got scrapped. And so you can kind of see how they took elements of what was going to be in that show and put it in this one. I have no problem with that. I think think most of that stuff worked. But beyond that, you also see because of what we've gotten recently with the introduction of Thrawn Thrawn and kind of the evolution of this kind of Mandoverse, if you will, coming together to fight what will be a returned Thrawn that we should be seeing here in the fairly near future. The general thrust of the story is overall pivoting. Gideon kind of shifting his attention to cloning himself as opposed to what may have originally been intended to be cloning Snoke or Palpatine or whomever. It works. And what works for me even more is that they made the good decision, the very good decision to just stop it before it started. Because I'm sorry, the concept of a cloned Gideon with the force in Beskar armor is just like all the things wrapped up into one. And it's just like, it's too much. It's too much. So it's a little like the Golden Company in Game of Thrones where like they build up this whole thing with the Dark Troopers and then 
before they're supposed to be awesome, they get just washed really, really fast. Kind of irritating there. I think it actually works here. So Gideon's gone. Mandalore's restored. Dinjarin and Din Grogu uh, now officially a family as, uh, you know, dictated by their their culture. Their their homeworld has been reestablished. They joined the war to fight to, to bring back their homeworld. And now they get to go and retire on the farm, but at the same time are still going to go out on their adventures. This is part now of Din Grogu's training to really become a Mandalorian. And I'm excited, y'all. I think it's I think it's really great. I just hope if they continue on this series that they make some bolder decisions with Grogu because he's a full-fledged character. He's not just a marketing product. And that progression is important. It's going to be very important, I think. So please, Disney, let Favreau and let Filoni do amazing things with these characters and don't don't hold their hands back because of the merchandising. I guarantee you a little Din Grogu wearing Mandalorian armor is going to be just as merchandisable. Maybe even more so. Maybe. So there you go. That's my thoughts on this uh, series, this season and uh, this finale. Love to hear yours. Head over to tvtalk.fm. You can, of course, leave a review for this podcast. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on the Twitters at tvtalk.fm there as well. By the way, I am on uh, Instagram. So if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, I'm incognito. Bo spelled B-E-A-U. All right, that's going to do it for me for today. But don't worry. Be back in a flash. <laughs>